Today we're going to be talking about housing as we continue with the Biden-Harris Lift Every Voice plan for Black America. This is Lessons, Lessons from, from, the from the Screen. screen. John Boy. <laughs> Welcome to Lessons from the Screen, the show where we give you a review of whether or not a show or any information that you can get from any screen of any kind is worth your time. We waste our time, our energy, and our brain power so that you don't have to, and you are always welcome. Lessons from the Screen is sponsored by Pax Inc., a black activist advocacy and think tank organization with the purpose of increasing the quality of life for black people in America through education, the culture shift, and economics. You can check them out at www.pacts.com. Inc.org. That is PaxInc.org. Definitely do what you can to help them because they are doing what they can to help you. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the next phase of this Lift Every Voice plan. So the plan starts out, well, where we're going to start today, not where the plan actually starts, but we're looking at the expand african-american home ownership and access to affordable housing section and this section starts out by making a very potent point the gap between home ownership is larger today than it was in 1968 when the fair housing act passed and this point is backed up by a link to a july 19th or july 2019 post on a blog of the urban institute according to that post in addition to the gap being larger now than it was at the height of the civil rights movement, something that is in the current climate driven by the Great Recession, homeownership is lower for black college grads than for white high school dropouts. And 17% of the gap can't be explained by identifiable factors, aka half of the 30-point gap is probably attributable to racism. The plan goes on to mention the race, the racial wealth gap, and for that, the plan points at the Federal Reserve Consumer Finance Report uh, 2017. I believe we did a show on that back in the day. And that report detailed that white people had a mean wealth of $933,000. Remember, a mean is essentially the average. And a median wealth of $171,000. And the median is essentially the number right smack dab in the middle. While black families had a mean wealth of $138,000 and a median wealth of $17,000, which is a mean of less than 15% of the whites and a median of less than 10% of the whites. And it goes on to assert that white wealth is nearly 1,000% higher than black wealth, which going off the median is exactly 1,000% roughly and going off of the mean is about 675%. He also states the mantra that home ownership is how most families save and build wealth and begins to talk about what he will do from this point forward, which is to invest $640 billion over 10 years so that every American has access to housing that is affordable, stable, safe, healthy, accessible, energy efficient and resilient and located near good schools with reasonable commutes to jobs it should be noted that he spent most of this paragraph laying out the problems faced specifically by black people 
and then shifted to an all lives matter stance when he started talking about solutions but he also goes deeper into those solutions so it's deeper than what i just mentioned also to point out here the 640 billion dollars that he's talking about investing is uh, more than the 500 billion dollars that donald trump is talking about investing and he actually has plans and and ways where you can see where he's going to put that money to call him out on his uh, stuff whereas trump just has 500 billion dollars into the community and we really don't know anything beyond that so, so all in all i gave this particular section a d remember d is the standard uh it's, it's one point it's not necessarily gonna hurt anybody but i can't see where it does a whole lot of good for black people and the reason i say that is because uh the fact that there isn't anything mentioned here thus far that's actually going to change or close the wealth gap and there isn't anything mentioned thus far that is going to really make home ownership more of a possibility for black people at least not in this particular section a lot of the stuff he's talking about actually doing is more the rising tide lifts all boats thing and we know that at this point we've seen through policy and through history that black people need plans created specifically to address our communal needs because our communal needs are an interesting set of environments and the situations uh that were artificially created with obstacles put in place to prevent us from achieving things that aren't naturally there so you can't just take a rising a boat lifts all tides solution or approach to our problems because as i said in last shows our boat is anchored to the floor to the to the to the ocean floor and there's a hole in the bottom of it so first you need to lift the anchor or cut the anchor off and then you need to fill in the hole and until you do any of those things it doesn't matter what positive will you have or how you choose to proceed in doing whatever good thing you're trying to do you're never really going to make a substantial difference and that's how i feel about you know the 640 billion over 10 years that to my mind is going to turn into gentrification type dollars same as 500 billion from trump so the next section he says he's going to help families buy their first homes and build wealth by creating a new refundable advanceable tax credit of up to fifteen thousand dollars and in this portion of the plan he is talking about the temporary tax credit that was in existence from 2008 until 2010 and gave a tax credit of 10 percent of the value of the home purchased up to eight thousand dollars if certain conditions were met money also had to be repaid in some conditions and so in that situation, it wasn't so much a, a credit as it was an interest-free loan. But Biden wants to bring that credit back and to make it permanent and to make it so that people get the credit when they purchase the home instead of having to wait until they file their taxes. Now, this is nice uh, if it's a true credit and not a loan, but it's also not something specific to black people. And it doesn't help with the credit problem that many people face that we will talk about later on in this section because the plan does address it but it also doesn't talk about the income problem that many black people face and credit and income are huge problems huge barriers to black people gaining access to uh, homes to home ownership and a tax credit is not going to change those two primary issues not to mention the human issue of 
landlords and banks and mortgages and all those other things just not wanting to give black people money again this these are things that are addressed in their own way later on in this plan and we will get to those but just solution for solution section bumps for section i also give this section a d uh one point The next section is the tackle racial bias that leads to homes and communities of color being assessed by appraisers as below their fair value. And in this section, the Biden team once again do a great job of listing the issues with proofs of the issues and the sources and the citations that they're making. And this time, the proof comes in the form of another Brookings Institute uh piece covering property values in metropolitan areas and it found that neighborhoods that were more than 50 percent black had property values around 50 percent lower than those in predominantly white neighborhoods now roughly half of that difference can't be explained by measurables uh, which means it likely has something to do with race and biden also proposes to establish a national standard for housing appraisals that would ensure appraisers have adequate training and a full appreciation for communities and do not hold implicit biases because of a lack of community understanding now this could actually yield some positive results but it wouldn't be something that tackles racial bias if anything it would be something that would make it less pronounced but still apparent and this is because you can't train away racism or implicit bias and i don't know when people are finally going to understand this concept but you can't train this stuff away in a matter of months or even really years for that matter like or i won't say years uh but i'll say well years uh i won't say years uh, but i'll i won't say you can't do it in a year it's going to take substantially more time than a month to reprogram people so appraisals have a very human element to them in their determination of value implicit bias is something that shows up after years of cultural and social programming and that can't be trained away in weeks or months but i guess if we take the section literally we can certainly say that they wouldn't hold implicit biases because of a lack of community uh, community understanding they would simply hold implicit biases because of cultural social and educational programming those communities need to be appraised under a standard guideline and by somebody that lives in the community or that at the very least has can take the like the stanford experience the, the stanford experiment uh, test that they had up or maybe that was an mit i'm not sure i think it was stanford though the implicit bias test there are tests out there that can anticipate or that can uh evaluate whether or not you have bias and how pronounced those biases are those tests should be employed in jobs like this if we're really going to make a difference so in this case uh, i do think it'll do some good i just don't think it would do a lot of good so with that in mind i gave it a c two points so the next section goes into a rollback trump administration policies getting the fair lending and fair housing protections and strongly enforce fair credit reporting laws as well as creating a new public credit reporting agency 
Now in this section, Biden talks about credit and its impact on home ownership and access to capital. He mentions his advocacy for eliminating discrimination in the provision of credit and points to Bill S-1927, which he introduced in 1975, titled the Equal Credit Opportunity Act Amendments, which would have pro prohibited creditors from discriminating against applicants based on age, race, sex, religion, or national origin political affiliation welfare status or the exercising of their rights and require creditors to give consumers a statement of the reasons for credit denial or termination and it also made changes to punitive damages for violators and authorized the attorney general to enforce the prohibitions but it never got taken up and that some of these provisions some of some of these uh provisions were actually taken into other bills that did become law but this one in particular was never taken up all it was done all that was done with it was that it was introduced and then it died right there on the table so needless to say there are many problems with the current credit model especially regarding the black black people and some of them are touched on pretty well in this plan along with the sources for the statements that are made you know and we don't have to go down the list with the problems with the credit agency the fact that they're private corporations they gather your data without your permission there's no system in which you can opt out you don't know how your information is being used to uh you don't know what the formula is you don't know what they're doing with your information you haven't given them permission to share your information never mind collecting it like i mentioned earlier uh, and there's just a whole host of problems even with the fact that they collect your information without your consent and then charge you to view your inf your information is is there's a whole lot of problems with the credit agency the, the credit model that we currently have here in america so with that being said biden wants to establish a public credit reporting agency under the consumer finance protection bureau to provide a government-run publicly owned credit agency to replace the private model currently in place and in this model he says the agency would be beholden to the people uh, not the companies giving financing and this is this is something that's real because if, if it's under the under the consumer finance protection agency and that agency's head is appointed by the president of the united states if, if memory serves correctly that means that this administration would be impacted by presidential elections and policies and things of that nature would also be impacted by presidential elections and i like the idea of people having the ability to shape and mold government through their voting so I like the idea of if there's going to be a credit reporting agency, I believe it should be a government run agency and I should be, I believe that it should have to answer directly to the people, not to its customers, which in the private model, the customers of the credit agencies are not you, the consumer, it is the businesses. So they are beholden to the businesses, not to you, which is why it's so easy for a business to throw something on your credit report and so hard for you to take it off. It's just it is what it is now he also says that the formula would be publicly available and you would be able to access that information whenever you want it free of charge now if and that's a big if if this gets done and the private model we currently have gets replaced by a public model that would be huge for black people this is arguably the single most beneficial and realistic thing i have read from either plan thus far and is by itself a huge 
point for Joe Biden, one that he should be pushing much harder. And the reason I say it's realistic is because it's not just black people that are getting screwed over by the credit agencies, even though this is a plan for black people. But the, the fact is that a vast majority of Americans don't like the current credit model that we have. A good chunk of Americans don't like the credit model. And so this is something that is very much possible in terms of it actually coming to fruition if you had a president willing to push it and a Congress willing to take moves on it. And this particular Democratic president and this particular the, the people in Congress that are coming in seem like as far as Democrats are concerned, they would definitely be willing to move on it. Public control would give voters the power to influence the agency, but I do have some reservations because without mentioning any measures that would prevent this agency from also being racist, it's hard to truly get excited about it, understanding the history of the promises and the way things usually shake out. All that being said, though, I still give this particular section a B in terms of its potential impact for black people. Three points. The next section is the start of a section with subtitles, subtitles underneath it. And it starts with the rolling back of Trump administration policies, gutting the fair lending and fair housing protections for homeowners. And the this the PAC's political report card illustrated that the first things Congress did when Trump got in office was act in concert with Trump who was using executive orders to peel back nearly all of the regulations put in place by the Obama administration and the Congress that was in power with him. Now, some of these things he can do without Congress through legislative orders, the same way that uh, Trump took them away through executive orders because Biden or because Obama put them in place with executive orders, Biden can now come in and, and put them back in place with executive orders. But in order to make them permanent, he is going to need congressional activity. He's going to need Congress to act and actually pass a law. And hopefully they learn from the, the subsequent actions that follow Barack Obama, where the next president came in and basically just undid everything he did because he did everything through legislative action which was you know planned by the republicans and mitch mcconnell let's be clear but it's neither here nor there if biden does get in and wants to see those regulations put back in place he's going to need congress to make it more difficult for the next president or any presidents after him to just come in and, and erase it off the board and i mention it in that light because i think a lot of the regulations that were removed by the Trump administration were regulations that were harmful for black people and those regulations need to be put back in place so that being said we are going to move on to point one in this 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 subtitle area which covers uh local elected officials and giving them the tools and resources they need to combat gentrification now, this section speaks to the affirmatively furthering fair housing rule put in place by the Obama-Biden administration. And the rule requires communities receive federal funding that receive federal funding to examine housing patterns and address discrimination in those communities. The rule was suspended in 2018 by the Trump administration, including 
Secretary Ben Carson, who is the person that actually did it, with talks opening now or happening now to have the rule changed altogether. And Biden says he will ensure enforcement of the Fair Housing Act and the Home Mortgage Disclosure Act. And he will also reinstate the federal risk sharing program, which is a program that allowed the government to back high risk multifamily construction projects which has secured financing for thousands of affordable rental housing units and all this is nice but none of this really stops gentrification because gentrification was going on during the obama administration as well none of this really does anything to help black people now it doesn't necessarily hurt black people to have extra rules in place to quote unquote prevent it but it doesn't help because it doesn't really do anything so in that point i give this a d one point so section two talks about holding financial institutions accountable for discriminatory practices in the housing market and this section during this section biden talks about the obama biden rule in 2013 that codified the point of view that practices with an unjustified discriminatory effect were liable for the discrimination they propagated and essentially what it meant was you didn't have to prove the intent was discriminatory per se you just had to prove that discrimination occurred now the trump administration is seeking to change this rule making it harder for people to bring discrimination cases forward and while this stresses the importance of getting people involved in the open commenting period during federal policy changes and for that you need to understand that there's usually a, a 30 to 60 day federal or open public commenting period on potential rule changes to federal policies and during the governmental bureaus during which time a rule that is proposed to be changed is allowed to be scrutinized by the public and the agency has to make certain changes based on the will of the public to the rule be that scrap the rule altogether be that leave it as it is be that whatever it might be make whatever adjustments but they can't just ignore this and the problem that is happening a lot in a lot of these uh, situations is that people don't realize the total scope of power and the total scope of the responsibilities that they have when it when it comes to being politically active in america because there's so many different ways that you can be active and that you should be active and the public commenting period is one such way that i personally didn't find out about until i became an adult and started researching the way government works and the way policies work and how policies are changed for myself and i took some fairly decent uh, civics and government courses in high school and in college and nobody mentioned an open commenting period so but that's neither here nor there that's me on my soapbox for a, a, a little bit but this is a kind of another situation where it's hard to say that these rules actually benefit black people in a way that could be marketed specifically to us it's another rising tide lifts all boats argument however i will say making it harder for people to bring winning discrimination suits forward is definitely something that impacts the community and thus it is something that black people should definitely be concerned about and with that being said i gave this one a b three points so the last point the third point under this subheading and the last point we're going to get into for the day 
This section covers the restoring of the federal government's power to enforce settlements against discriminatory lenders. And this was actually a big deal when it happened back in 2018, February of 2018. The Trump administration essentially removed the teeth from the mouth of the Consumer Protection Agency. And it was a process that started the uh, moment Trump took office, but really came to a head in 2018 when they lost their ability to enforce rules and settlements with regards to lending discrimination cases and biden is promising to return that power again this is another rising tide lifts all boats arguments this is another one of those things that in theory is good for everybody but in practice uh, we've seen that it hasn't been extremely beneficial towards keeping black people from being in compromised situation with regards to discriminatory lending so i don't see necessarily where this is something that's going to be extremely beneficial for black people either it's not something that's going to hurt black people and it is something that black people can benefit from but in terms of a plan being marketed specifically for black people it falls along the lines of everything else uh, rising tide lifts all boats we're going to do something for all minority groups we're going to do something for all underserviced or under underprivileged groups and we're just going to talk about the challenges that black people are facing before we tell you what we're going to do for everybody that's not a white man so with that being said, this is another one that I give a D, one point. Um, the only time you get Fs, like I've said before, the only time you get Fs is when you don't, uh, when you do something that hurts the community. All of these things don't necessarily hurt the community, but they don't help the community either. So it's a D, one point. That being said, as always, let me know, link up with me in the comments. Let me know what you think let me know what you how you feel about the lift every voice plan and the sections that we covered in this show you could email me at patrick at freedomtrainradio.com look forward to hearing from you this is lessons, lessons from, from the, from the from screen, screen. John Boy. John So once again, I want to thank you guys for listening and supporting. Remember to share the shows with your friends, with your families, have conversations and have conversations with me as well. Give me feedback on what you think about the shows. Definitely the place that you can find all of the shows is going to be the Freedom Train website, www.freedomtrainradio.com. Look for the lesson from the screen tab. Be sure to support us on Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash LFTS. And you can find some of the videos that we're going to be dropping on YouTube, on the Freedom Train Network's YouTube channel. You can also support us by going and purchasing the book, The Chasm by Patrick Irvin. You can find it on Amazon or you can find it on the, my personal website, www.patrickbirvin, that's P-A-T-R-I-C-K-B-I-R-B-I-N-E. Com. You'll find the chasm there. Um, definitely support us. You can reach me always through internet or through email. Patrick at freedomtrainnetwork.com. And be sure, last but not least, be sure to go to the Google Play Store if you have an Android device and get that Freedom Train Network app. And that'll give you access to all of the shows up to date. You don't have to search you don't have to you get automatically notified and that is the best way to support us and stay in touch with us 
definitely check the website if you are interested in becoming a podcaster if you are a black podcaster that already has a show or is interested in joining the network we'll take you even if you don't want to join the network you can definitely go to the website and submit and we are anxious and looking forward to and excited to work with you catch you guys on the next show